0: John the Viking Mauser here with the Get Strong or Die podcast. Um, today our guest is Devin. He's been working out um, Mauser Strength Dynamics on and off for a couple of years. He's a jiu-jitsu player and uh, just an overall badass. We're going to know, get to know Devin a little bit here and uh, get this thing started off right. So how are you doing today, Devin?
1: I'm good. Thanks for having me. <clears throat>
0: Um, Devin, I think one of the things that um, we wanted to talk about today was uh, the difference between discipline and motivation. Um, You're one of the more um, disciplined and probably motivated people that I know. Um, Could you tell us a a little bit about how that's uh, come to be?
1: So with the motivation, it all started with uh, Jocko Willing's book, Discipline Equals Freedom Field Manual. There's a quote in there. It's called Sugar Coated Lies. I don't know it off the top of my head but I recommend everybody get that book. So I read that quote and uh, from that day I haven't had any extra sugar in my diet and that was last September. Um, since then I uh, went through a breakup and her uh, her dad telling me that I would never change. Uh, that motivated me a lot. so. Um, the breakup happened in December. Since December, I've lost about an additional 30 pounds. Um, I don't skip workouts. You know, uh, So we'll, we'll go on to the discipline side of that. As far as discipline goes, uh, I know Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I have my Mauser Strength Dynamics workout, and I complete that workout regardless. So for instance, Monday, I had strep, and uh, I was still in the gym. You know. Still, overhead pressing and still working out. Uh, a couple months ago, I had bronchitis. Was still in the gym. Uh, I did think I was going to die at that point. That that <laughs> that one definitely sucked. But you just don't skip workouts. And uh, as far as this one goes, like I don't have any extra sugar in my diet. Uh, I don't cheat on my diet. I don't drink alcohol, and I don't skip workouts.
0: Okay, so it sounds like it uh, started a lot with um, Jocko Willenick's book and um, his uh, no sugar um, uh, his no sugar thing there. Is there an actual diet with that that he recommends, or does he just say not to eat sugar, or is there more to it than that?
1: So Jocko kind of follows the keto side of it, you know, high-fat, moderate-protein, low-carb mm. stuff. Uh, he talks about it briefly in the book, and I followed keto for a while. That, that's kind of how I lost all my weight, but since... Switching over to the more intense side of the Mauser Strength Dynamics workouts, I couldn't really keep up on keto, so I eat about 45% of mine is or so my my macros are 45% carbs, about 30% protein, and then 25-30% fat.
0: Okay, so what were your workouts looking like um, before you moved back here and started back with Mauser Strength Dynamics? And um, you were living in uh, North Carolina?
1: Yeah, Charlotte. So uh, I lived in Charlotte for about a year and a half. And down there, I was just basically doing jiu-jitsu twice a week. And uh, I was working out in my garage. Nothing too fancy. I was signed up for, uh, like, a CrossFit-like programming thing. and um, But then, again, like... I would kind of have excuses in my head like okay uh, me and the fiancee want to go out to have dinner so I'll skip the workout tonight you know and that would happen quite often so I was still floating around like 220 pounds when I was down there and uh, yeah that's basically it so it was basically jujitsu twice a week
0: <clears throat> okay what kind of uh, garage setup did you have what did you what were you using in your garage
1: I had a pretty awesome garage setup I uh, had a power rack so I could do pull-ups uh, I had Olympic plates, bar, um, kettlebells, dumbbells, stuff like that. So
0: So it sounds like a pretty good setup. Yeah. And then um, so you're about 220 then, um, but you would cut sugar out of your diet at that point? Yeah. Okay. And then you moved back to uh, Morgantown and um, got a little more hardcore. Uh, How often were you doing jiu-jitsu
1: at that point? So right now I do jiu-jitsu anywhere from two to four days a week.
0: Okay. And then um, you didn't uh, come straight back to Mauser Strength Dynamics, so you were doing some other stuff um, for a month or two, um, at least, right, Before when you moved back?
1: Yeah, I thought, uh, moving back, I thought I had enough discipline and motivation that I could just work out in my, in my basement. And that was working to a point, but you're not quite pushing yourself as much as you do when you're, you're in the gym and you're surrounded by other people. So that's another thing I think helps with discipline is pay for a trainer. You know, pay for a jiu-jitsu class, pay for a nutrition coach, pay for your personal trainer, stuff like that will uh, make sure you're staying in the gym.
0: Yeah, I think that's just a, a testament to um, basic uh, economics, really. If, if you pay for something, you'll have, you have more invested, so you're more likely to follow through and um, do it. And, and it actually, I think, um, it makes the discipline a little bit, little bit easier because you have this this extra uh, motivation or whatever that pushes you towards doing it um, that, that's a pretty good point um, so you weighed about 220 and um, what did you weigh when you started back with uh, with us here at uh, Mauser Strength Dynamics about 195 okay and um, you've been back for how long with Mauser Strength Dynamics nine weeks okay and what do you weigh in? you weighed in today right
1: yeah today this morning I weighed 171
0: so that's over 20 pounds. Yeah, okay, and just uh, would you say nine weeks? Yep. Okay, and um, what what do you think the biggest? Uh, factors in that is what do you think was the the big the big reason that that, that was that happened so quickly within nine weeks? Well, when,
1: when I signed up with with you again, I uh, also signed up for an on- online nutrition coach and uh, I do weekly check-ins with that as well so I think and I, I don't cheat on the diet so with that, and with the brutal Mauser Strength Dynamics workouts, I think they both are, are huge factors. Um, you yeah, know, that's another thing too, working out in my basement, I could never come up with the workouts that, that I'm getting from you, so. Uh.
0: Okay. Um, so you lost uh, 20 pounds in nine weeks, and um, at what point did you add the carbohydrates back into the diet? About two weeks
1: into the Mauser Strength Dynamics so
0: <clears throat> okay so even with that huge I mean you know proportionally 45 percent isn't that uh, isn't a lot of carbs but compared to none that's a pretty big jump right. and um, you were still seeing the uh, the, the drop in weight um, uh, what why did you add those back in
1: just the explosive strength so a couple days a week I might do mountain strength dynamics and then I might go up and do jiu-jitsu at the same time and I just could not keep up with that amount of output. So uh, I definitely noticed a big difference. You know, we, we would see workouts that I was doing in week one. I was cutting the time in half in week four. So.
0: Okay. So, so you actually tracked the, uh, the performance and the progress as far as the workouts go. So, so you have benchmarks and things that you can look back on and say, hey, this made a difference. Yes. Okay. Um, do you think that's an important thing for people to be doing?
1: I think it depends on what you're looking for in life. You know, if you're just wanting to get a little bit fit, that might not matter. But uh, I take my health pretty seriously. So, if you take your health seriously and you're thinking about competing in strongman, jiu-jitsu, anything, uh, you definitely should track that stuff.
0: Yeah, and I think that's a pretty common theme amongst – you'll you'll hear a lot of coaches, you know, talking about tracking your progress, um, everybody from – Dan John to Mark Ripito to uh, Old school trainers like John McCollum they always Talk about keeping a, a journal uh, You know um, of some sort To, to track your progress and I think it's a lot Easier now um, You know you've always got a phone you can log this stuff In your phone there are even apps that log this stuff For you um, and if you don't have an app Or whatever I mean everybody has some sort Of notepad in their phone and you can kind of Track your progress that way so I don't really There's not really an excuse not to do that If, if you're going to be serious and take it to that Level um, <clears throat> so tell us, uh, tell me a little bit more about um, uh, Jocko. What do you know about him personally?
1: So Jocko's an ex-Navy SEAL. Uh, guy gets up at 4.34 every morning, doesn't skip a workout. Uh, that's basically it. I don't follow him too strict. You know, mm-hmm. it's just that one quote in that book changed my life. Uh, and the whole discipline side of it changed my life as well
0: yeah I think I've seen um I've seen some of his stuff so he has an Instagram account and uh, every morning he takes a picture of his um, it's his uh, watch his wristwatch right yeah. or his alarm clock or something and posts it and it's always around four thirty in the morning or whatever and and that's when he gets up and he does his thing and um I think he's pretty motivational I see a lot of people uh comment and stuff and they really, they really like that. And I've seen other people doing that. Other people are taking pictures of their watch and stuff and getting up at 4.30 in the morning. And um, I personally think that that uh, goes back to what we were talking about motivation and discipline. I don't think that you can be motivated to get up at 4.30 in the morning, not all the time. You, you don't wake up and instantly have motivation. I think you have to have the discipline to get up at 430 in the morning because it's discipline that's going to make you as soon as you wake up, as soon as that alarm goes off, that you get up and go. You're not going to hear that alarm and then motivation be the first thing that floods into your mind. It's, it's discipline that makes you do that. And um, not everybody has to get up at 430 in the morning, obviously. But um, you know everybody uh, that's serious about it should be working out and they should be doing this and they should be doing that. And it's the discipline that gets you there. Um, Motivation is great when you have it, but you're not always going to have it, right? Um, So uh, tell us a little bit about jiu-jitsu. How long have you been doing that?
1: Uh, March was 10 years for me and uh, I got my brown belt from Phil Davis and Don Canan up at Ground Zero Fighting Systems.
0: So uh, 10 years in Um, jiu-jitsu And uh, the majority of that was here in Morgantown, correct?
1: Yes, I've gotten all my belts from, from these guys. But I did spend uh, a, about a year and a half in Charlotte training with Steve Hall. He's a third-degree black belt under Hoyce Gracie.
0: Okay, so that sounds like a pretty good place to, uh, if you're in, in Charlotte, probably to check out. Yes. Okay. Yeah, he's awesome. <clears throat> cool. And uh, what about um, competitions? Do you do competitive jiu-jitsu, or have you done that at all? or?
1: I have in the past. Uh, I haven't competed since I was a blue belt. Uh, I won the... West Virginia State games twice. I won a couple ground zero tournaments, a couple submission-only tournaments. Uh, but, yeah, I'm, ju- I'm just not a big fan of, of competing, so.
0: So it sounds to me like a, a lot of this stuff, you're literally just you're in it for the uh, self-improvement aspect or, or the health aspect.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm the kid's jiu-jitsu coach up at ground zero, and I, I help with the adult class on Tuesday and Thursday. So. I love doing that stuff too. I love coaching, and just love doing jujitsu. So.
0: Cool. Um, so what else do you do if if you're if you're taking your health this seriously um, as far as you know your physical health goes? Do you do anything else for um, you know to help that out, self improvement or anything?
1: As far as, like.
0: Um, do you? Uh, I know a lot of people read uh, like self help books or. Um, you know, meditation or anything, anything like that.
1: Uh, I've tried meditation in the past. I don't, I don't do it now. Um, I'm a big fan of the float tank. They have one in Fairmont, West Virginia.
0: Yeah. Uh, why don't you tell us about the uh, float tank? I know there's a lot of people out there, um, especially here in West Virginia, that that don't really know um, even what one is or or anything about it. So maybe you could uh, describe that for us. Right. So it's a sensory deprivation tank. Uh,
1: you basically climb into this pod. It's filled with a thousand pounds of epsom salt and water so you float it's uh the water's heated up to your your body temperature and then the pot is pitch black and no sound so it shuts off all the senses and uh you know people talk about the the mental side of it like i have a buddy i train with and he talks about he he meditates in there and he he visualizes matches um but i i personally like it for the physical benefits of it so floating like that for an hour hour and a half kind of releases all the muscles and uh, that that's my favorite part of it
0: yeah I've um, I've been there uh, twice I believe and um, I, I can say from both experiences that uh, the physical benefits are obvious um, when, once you get out uh, my back feels fantastic and um, you know, I guess it depends on what you do physically throughout the day, or or whatever your career is, or whatever. Um, it may be different for everybody, but I know that it, with the training strongman, a lot of that stuff is very uh, back heavy. There's a lot of compression on the spine. Um, you know, even even on the days that you don't think that's happening, on an overhead press day, your spine is getting compressed. Deadlifts, squats, and then obviously the event training stones and, and logs and all that stuff. You're getting a lot of spinal compression. And uh, I noticed immediately after my first go in the um, float tank, um, and both times I've went, I've done 90 minutes. Um, I mean, total game changer. You get out and your back feels like, you know, you've never had any back pain. Or, you know, I mean, it's like you reset button, literally. And um, I did it again uh, the second time I did it before this last competition I did in Philadelphia. And um, that was a Moss Wrestling competition. And uh, if you've ever seen Moss Wrestling or you know what it is, then you realize it's pretty rough when you're back. But I never felt, during the whole competition, my back felt completely solid, great, never had any back pain, strains, nothing. And and even the next day I wasn't, uh, my back wasn't sore. Um, you know, my hamstrings were a little tight, and, and my grip was worn out a little bit. My hands didn't feel like they were 100% the next day, but my back felt great. Um, so I certainly recommend it. Uh, would you say that it's pretty beneficial for people that maybe aren't lifting weights, maybe people that just do jiu-jitsu? Or...
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, the receptionist down there, I've talked to him a couple times, and he doesn't look like he's working out too much. But, uh, he, he said he's in it about two or three times a week and, and he really enjoys it just for the, you know, if, if you're sitting all day at your job, mm-hmm. he, which he does, he said that it helps with, uh, relaxation too.
0: Yeah. I could definitely see that if you work at a desk job or maybe if you, um, are a truck driver or a taxi driver or something like that where you're sitting, um, <clears throat> I think it would be an invaluable thing, uh, you know, invest in at least, at least once a month and, uh you know for an hour and uh get get that spine decompressed um and then of course if you're in the weight room i think you can uh you can supplement that with even more you can do the reverse hyper and get uh some decompression out of that i know uh louis simmons preaches about the reverse hyper and, and joe rogan's a huge fan of the reverse hyper and a lot of other people um, so if you're doing those things together, I, you know you're going to have a pretty healthy back and a, a pretty long um, athletic career I think if you really jump on some of those things and take advantage of it. Um, do you think it would uh, do you think you get a lot of um, spinal compression in in jiu-jitsu or um, any other kind of uh, you know back pain or damage done to the back
1: at all? There's always something in jiu-jitsu. Um, you know, I think I've had every injury you can think of and that's just from being, hard-headed while rolling Um, you know we've we've been trying to work on my my left shoulder it's pretty jacked up and uh, I'm not one to take days off so but you know working with you uh, it's definitely helped it a lot Um, I haven't had any too many back injuries Uh, I know some guys who play like inverted guard they do uh, but that's not my game
0: and uh, I'm not I'm not super familiar with inverted guard but um, I'm guessing that you would get a lot of uh, compression from that just because you're so
1: you're upside down yeah up on your shoulders
0: uh, and uh, I'm assuming that you're probably getting stacked up pretty they' they're putting their weight down your backs probably not in the best position yeah. um, so that might be a good if you if you play that game maybe um, going to the float tank would help out with that sometimes too uh, but let's change gears here so um, so you started doing the uh, strength training and um what was your motivation originally for strength training
1: strength training i just i want to get better in every part of my life so uh a lot of times people in jujitsu will say oh well if you have that extra time why don't you just train jujitsu well don't get me wrong i I love jujitsu just as much as the next guy but uh six days a week of it is very taxing on your body because you don't know what your opponent's going to be doing um so oftentimes, you know, injuries can come up with that. Whereas if you're doing strength training as a supplement, you know exactly what you're doing. You can kind of control that.
0: Yeah, I would agree. I would say that strength training is has uh, far um, far less variables than, um, than, than any, any combative sport, really, not just jiu-jitsu, but even boxing or wrestling or whatever. Um, <clears throat> so that's a good point. Uh, you're, you're able to control the weight, Uh, you know as long as you're doing it intelligently much more than you can control what your opponent's doing um so you think that that uh that by itself um are you saying kind of limits the chances of injury
1: i'd say it definitely helps yeah
0: okay um and then uh what about the actual aspect of getting stronger do you think being stronger helps um prevent injuries in there as well
1: yes I, i definitely do uh not, not everybody in the jiu-jitsu community will agree with that. <laughs>
0: yeah, well, <laughs> uh, yeah, I know what you're talking about there. Um, I find that uh, martial artists are very, uh, very stubborn and, and stuck in their ways most of the time. Uh, but I think that's, that's just the nature of martial arts. I think it's very, comes from a very traditional background. I think they try to hold on to that. Um, so what, what other benefits do you think you get from strength training in jiu-jitsu?
1: It's easier. It makes jiu easier. You know, uh, If you're nobody ever complains about the weak guy. Nobody ever says, man, that dude was just so small I couldn't handle him. <laughs> it, it, it's always, oh, that dude is way too big or, oh, that guy's grip is way too strong. Uh, you keep hearing that, and then you sit down and you think, I want to be a strong guy. So uh, why not?
0: Yeah, yeah, I mean, it seems like um – it seems pretty common sense to me, but uh, again, I, I see this. You know, I've trained a lot of martial artists. I've been around a lot of martial artists. I've trained. Um, at one point, I had trained in almost every martial arts gym in West Virginia, and I would say it's it's been the same. Uh, the same in every one. The, the the martial arts community is just not very open to strength training, and uh, they will end up contradicting themselves a lot. They'll say strength doesn't matter, but then, like you said, they'll turn around ten minutes later and say, oh, well, that guy's grip was so strong I couldn't do nothing about it, or your strength doesn't matter, but, uh, you know, oh, I'd hate to roll with that guy. He looks so big, you know. And uh, I think it's pretty obvious, like you said. I mean, if you really look at what's going on, you can tell, like, nobody's complaining about the weakest guy in the room. And – it just, to me, it seems obvious that you would want to be strong.
1: Now, sometimes they'll complain about, you know, this guy's 140 pounds and he's super fast. But where I'm at, I, I find that's, that's very rare compared to, I would much rather have the 140-pound skinny guy who's fast over the 300-pound guy who might smash me. Like, I'm going to have to work a lot harder to move that weight.
0: So, right, and nothing against speed. I think speed is a uh, uh, – an admirable uh, thing, and it's definitely speed kills. I mean, that saying's there for a reason. But um, you know, at the same time, if if that speed is not backed by uh, a certain amount of strength, it, it loses a lot of its value. Um, I would also say that uh, if they're really fast but weak, that's probably not a real threat either. Nah,
1: they're they're easy to move.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> or, you know, even if they get a better position or something, what can they do with it, you know? Um, so uh, just from your experience with strength training in jujitsu, what do you think um, are some of the uh, the best types of strength to have? Do you think that, uh, you know, you mentioned grip strength. Um, what about hip strength, or what do you think carries over the, the best here?
1: For me, it's the the grip strength for sure, you know, doing axle deadlifts or uh... – carrying those Mauser blocks or just, just all this, all this grip stuff that we've been doing has, has helped a ton and that, that's where I hear it the most is is my grip. Um, I'm also kind of known for, for being a pressure guy. Even even at 170 pounds, people still complain about the, the pressure and uh, that comes from driving. So pushing that sled has definitely helped out with that.
0: So a, a lot of this, that you're doing, um, and a lot of that stuff sounded like strongman stuff, really. I mean, axle deadlifts and sled pushes um, and uh, Mauser block, those, those are all strongman things, and um, you're saying there's a pretty good carryover between those into jiu jitsu. <clears throat> um, if, if you could recommend maybe like one thing for somebody, because there's gonna be a lot of jiu jitsu people on the fence about this, if you could say, hey, try this. What would you recommend
1: i'm going to recommend find a strength coach you know i don't know too much about the whole exercising so i just came to you and i said hey mauser i want to be as good as i possibly can at jujitsu without being super heavy and you said okay i'll make that happen and so far, that's worked, and I doubt that you're the only strength and conditioning coach that can do that, so <laughs> right. that's, that's well, my recommendation. Find I, I
0: might trainer. be the only one that can do that. <laughs> he's, the only, he's the only one in
1: the West Virginia area.
0: So. <laughs> yeah, no, but really, there, I mean, there's, there's a ton of qualified uh, strength coaches or whatever out there um, that do this stuff, and um, one of my recommendations is there's a big difference between a personal trainer and, and a strength coach and um depending on how serious you are the more serious you are the more I would say to go to a an actual strength coach if if you're not that serious about about it you could probably get away with um you know a personal trainer but a strength coach is a very different um beast and if you're going to compete or you're going to be really serious about it or whatever I would I would find a strength coach and um it should be pretty obvious um, right out of the gate if they're qualified or not. Um, you know, you can look at their certifications or whatever. That That's one way. I, I don't put a lot of um, stock into the certifications that are out there and available. Um, anybody can take those tests and, and pass them uh, with a, you know, anybody with at least a semi-functional brain can pass those tests, um, but not anybody can have uh National champions or world champions coming out of their gym or or clients uh, upon clients vouching for their success So it shouldn't be too hard to find a qualified strength coach I mean these days you can just go online read the reviews or you can go to the gym talk to other people in in the gym um, Or try to find uh, forums or something and talk to their online clients or whatever and find somebody that's qualified for me,
1: I just I don't I want to think about it as little as possible so rather than may have to sit down and write a program every week, I'd rather just say, I might as well write my program. And uh, so far, it works great. Yeah. And same thing with diet. A lot of times I think people are trying to play this guessing game of what am I supposed to do here, and that's, that's why they kind of get burned out in week one. Whereas right out of the gate, I just said, I'm gonna pay for a nutrition coach who's gonna tell me exactly what to eat and when to eat. And uh, again, there, there's no guessing in it, so it makes it easier.
0: Yeah, I think, I think you've um, uh, stumbled across a uh, principle or a concept that Dan John um, talks about in his book. I believe it's in uh, Never Let Go. And I think he mentions it in some of his articles on T Nation. But he says people only have so much willpower. Okay? And when he, I think he uh, uses a, a, an analogy or an example of um, a can of uh, shaving cream. Like you have that one can of shaving cream, that's your willpower. And that's that could be for the week or for the day or whatever. And as you get to the bottom of that can, you start to run out. And he says, you know, that can will start sputtering. And when that can sputters, that's when you know you need to buy a new can or whatever. And you only have so much of this to give out. And if you're spending a lot of that uh, that willpower on writing your own diet, now you've got it, you have to take the time to do that. You have to make the time to sit down and write that out. And you have to make the time to learn about it. You have to make the time to do all this stuff. And that takes willpower to do that. You've burned up a lot of your willpower just by doing that. Now, if you also have to do that with your workout, if you're writing your own workouts, if you're um, you know, doing all that stuff, you're spending a lot of willpower to do that. And those are just two aspects of your life. I mean, you're going to have to be, bur- most likely you're burning willpower at work, most likely you're burning willpower in your relationship, most likely with your family, whatever, you only have so much. So any time that, it, that it's – obviously that is reasonable that you can kind of mitigate that, I think it makes sense, right? If you can get a nutritionist and say, hey, man, you burn your willpower fixing my diet up. I right. think that makes it a lot easier.
1: Right. I want my life to be as easy as possible. And as good as possible, right? So, like you're saying, if I if I can cut out those things that are eating up that willpower, it just it makes life easier.
0: <clears throat> yeah, that that's a good point. I think, and you touched on it. I think that's why a lot of people uh, burn out, and um, I would say more people burn out in the uh, the diet portion and the workout portion.
1: Oh yeah, it's it can be overwhelming starting out trying to. You know, like I was just talking about, I, I did keto for a long time and then switching over to, you know, moderate carbs, basically. Uh, there, there's a big difference in, in your carb sources, too. So that, that takes some time. There's just so much research people want to do, and that's, I think, people oftentimes get burnt out.
0: Well, and there's so much diet information, too. Um, it's almost like you could not have any clue what you're doing and go to the weight room. And as long as you did something, you would see results. But that might not be the case with diet. Right. Like you can't just go to the grocery store and close your eyes and grab something and buy it and then see results from that. Um, Whereas if you if you like I said, if you went to the weight room and you just stumbled over here and you did this exercise or that exercise, at least you're doing exercise and you're going to get some benefit from that. But diet is not that is not that way.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. So the, the nutrition program I follow, they basically they give you your macros and they kind of let you fill in the gaps. And uh, there's an online Facebook group for it, and I see people all the time saying that they're counting their macros around their pint of ice cream that they're going to have at the end of the day. And to me, that that's no discipline. <laughs> it's you just you sound like an idiot. So you came for nutrition advice. And your whole day is based around having ice cream at the end of the day. Like,
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I see this sort of stuff all the time in um, not just diet, but but in anything. It's like people people want to game the system.
1: People are very weak-minded. Yeah. A lot of people lack discipline, and a lot of people are, are weak-minded. You know, it, it, let's you know we talk about the the workouts that. That I'm put through I enjoy that stuff I, I think most people can't can't make it through that stuff because uh, they're weak minded you know it's it's just a workout all you, all you're doing is moving some weights. why is it so hard what, what's your famous saying you can do two of anything
0: yeah yeah, yeah you can do two of anything
1: you need to of anything so just finish it it's It's not that hard to finish a workout no it goes into the diet too. It's it's not that hard to not eat that ice cream. Like you have to go to the store and buy that ice cream. Right. Why is it so hard to not do that? You know? And I I'm not saying I've I've definitely struggled with it in the past. I mean there's a reason I got all the way up to two hundred and forty pounds and was a fat ass. But I don't I don't eat any of that stuff now. There there's no lack of discipline in my diet.
0: So. Yeah, I mean you hear that stuff all the time it, it, uh, people say, oh, I could never give up this, or I could never give up that or whatever. I don't really see, especially here in America, in, in this country, you have access to so much stuff. I mean, look at any grocery store and and you're telling me you can't give up one thing that's in there. I mean, you have, you know, if it's ice cream or whatever, you, you, you have access to thousands of, of products, probably hundreds of thousands of products. Um, and you can't, you know, people, oh, I could never give up Twix bars or whatever it is. It's like, well, that that is weak-minded. That's weak-willed, you know. And that's,
1: you know, and uh, we, we talk about this a lot too. A lot of people are just, you know, they wake up, they go to work, then they leave work and they either go get the kids, take them to soccer practice. And by the time they, before they know it, it's 9 o'clock and they're exhausted back at home. And all they, what, what do they have to enjoy their life? ice cold beer or something, ice cream for dinner, for dessert. And I think oftentimes people are so miserable in their day-to-day life that that mouth pleasure is the only thing that they can control. Whereas, you know, you get to wake up, you get to do what you love every day. I get to wake up, you know, I go to a decent job, I don't mind it, but after my job, I get to go do what I love every day. And I know that, so for me, I don't need that sugar to fill that void in my life. And I think a majority of, of our country does.
0: Yeah, I think that goes back to the, um, you know, you only have so much willpower. These people are burning up so much of their willpower doing a job or living a life that they're not, they're not happy with, and then they see a cookie. <laughs> it's like, yeah. you know, their, uh, their can of willpower sputtered out, you know, five or six hours ago. So,
1: you know, the, crazy, the craziest one, and we've talked about this, is type 2 diabetes. So, that type 2 diabetes is reversible. Um, you know, if you follow a, a good diet, you can eventually, you know, lower your medication and maybe even get off of it. The amount of people who would rather take a pill every day than not drink a soda is insane to me. And I think a lot of people don't have this information. H- hopefully, the they will after listening to this podcast yeah. <laughs> just google it it's, it's that simple but uh i was talking to to a girl one day and she she said she just got diagnosed with type 2 diabetes i said oh well that's reversible here listen to this podcast so i sent her a podcast where a woman had changed her diet lost 125 pounds reversed her type 2 diabetes and she messaged me she said hey that was really good information but i think mine's genetic what's genetic you and your dad have the same diet like <laughs> Right, <laughs> you know what I mean. Just try yeah. changing your diet a little bit and yeah. see what it does. But everybody would rather take a magic pill, and it, you know it's easier.
0: Yeah, well, I can't even imagine saying that. I think it's you. You think it's genetic. You don't know that it is. Why not try to live? <laughs> you know, instead of just rolling over and and taking it. Uh, but but yeah, you're right. I think a lot of people would rather take that route. And um, yeah, there, there has been um, at least one study done that I know of uh, in the UK where they uh, put people on a very calorie restricted diet and was able to reverse type two diabetes. And I think um, my numbers might be off a little bit here, but I think it was, uh, I don't know, 11 or 13 people, they reversed their, their type two diabetes. And then um, over the course of a couple of years, only two of them went back to having it so they cured i mean a huge majority of those people were cured of it and done with it up to this point Um, so it's definitely doable uh, but even the researchers themselves said that they didn't think that most people would be able to handle the diet
1: (laughs) why is that though
0: right yeah i mean i agree it's it's sad it's like you're going to die or you're or you're in the least you may not die but you're going to you're going to live a life that is not the quality that it could be.
1: It's not fun, you know, being, when I was 240 pounds, I can remember splitting my gi pants in the kids' class down there in Charlotte, because I was so heavy. It's not fun when you can't walk up a set of stairs without needing to hold on to the rail, or you're you're trying to catch your breath getting out of your seat, like, and a majority of America lives like that. So how, how do those people even start? Where, where are they supposed to start, you know? Talking about the willpower, how much willpower is ate up just by trying to get up and go to the kitchen to cook a meal?
0: Yeah, you're right. I mean, when you're when you're that uh, when you're that out of shape, it takes a lot of willpower just to do basic things. I mean, you know, you'll drive around the the parking lot <laughs> looking for a good parking space for twenty minutes when you could have already parked and walked in. But but that's literally a uh, that's a burden to you to be have to walk that distance sometimes and uh, that burns up that that willpower Um, so i think it's very important for people in that situation to to pay for a nutritionist to pay because those 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 things don't take willpower you know Um, now obviously it's, it's a little tougher if if you're in that situation and you don't have a lot of money that becomes a lot tougher but there are plenty of um affordable uh coaching options out there and I would also say that if you're that bad off um, in a situation like that, a lot of um, if they're good, uh, a lot of personal trainers or strength coaches will probably cut you a pretty good deal. I mean, if you, I know that if somebody came to me and said, "Hey, listen, I'm you know 125 pounds overweight. My doctor says I'm going to die. I don't have a lot of money. Can you work with me?" I know that. Uh, most of the time that I would probably try to work something out with that person because because of their situation. And I think that a lot of other um, coaches and things would do that too. I mean, after all, we're in a, um, the entire industry is based on helping people. So I don't think you're going to, I don't think you get turned away by too many people. <clears throat> um, but also, um, it doesn't have to be. When you're, that, when you're in that situation, you know, it doesn't have to be strength training. Um, you could easily go to a, a jiu-jitsu class to get started. You know, yeah. I mean, a lot of people have, um, I've seen a lot of people have lost all weight just from that. You know, I mean, it's obviously strenuous. It's hard. Um, you're moving, you're burning calories. You know, you're not going to do jiu-jitsu and win World's Strongest Man, but you could easily do jiu-jitsu and be a lot better off in a year than you are now.
1: Yeah, we, we have a ton of people who have changed their life with jiu-jitsu. You know, uh, we have a guy, he uh, just came off of pretty bad knee surgery. Uh, he had to have three out of the four ligaments repaired. And uh, he, he had a moment the other day where he was able to button up a shirt for the first time ever. It was given to him by his grandfather, you know. And he, he said he doesn't step on the scale anymore, but uh, that, was, that was a pretty big achievement for him.
0: Yeah, that sounds awesome, <clears throat> and uh, the, all that's just from just from jujitsu.
1: I think he does uh, maybe kettlebells like once or twice a week, but he, he trains jujitsu three to four times a week.
0: So. Oh, that's very cool, um, and he probably started, I would imagine, with the jujitsu. And
1: yeah, he was a wrestler in high school, and he he was with us for about six months, and then had to have the knee surgery. Mm-hmm. Which it was a prior injury; it didn't happen in jujitsu.
0: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> cool. Um, so, are there anything that you would like to, um, you know, end this with? Anything about uh, strength training or jujitsu or or Jocko Willenick or?
1: I will say the the Master Strength Dynamics famous quote: "Strength matters; excuses don't." Kind of carries out into all parts of life. You know, it's not just physical strength; it's also mental strength. And uh, keep that quote in mind next time you're trying to eat ice cream or skip a workout
0: yeah that's the motto strength matters excuses don't um there's a lot of people out there that that do not get that and hopefully um after hearing you know several of these podcast episodes that'll start to sink in um, especially in the martial arts community um and and in the regular community uh, i think they need it even more so <laughs> but uh There you have it. It's been uh, John the Viking Mauser and Devin here, Mauser Strength Dynamics, uh, Get Strong or Die podcast, episode three. Uh, We'll catch you next week.